that we will be humble under your mighty hands because when you lift us up when you lift up your church when you exalt your children Lord there is no weapon that can stand in their way there is no government that can stand in their way there is no principality that can stand in the way and right now together as a church we take authority and we we stabilize and we we situate ourselves in that place of authority and dominion that you have called us to walk in and live in father and father this morning i pray that you will fill each and every one of us with divine courage and boldness every fear leave in jesus name Every timidity leave in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us be filled with radical love for you and for the people around us today, God. That we will not just be ready to die for you, we'll be ready to die for the people around us. That we'll be so, so moved and compelled by love. Yes, Lord. Do something new in our hearts over these three days. We pray that truly by the end of these three days, we will, we will be dreaming your dreams for our cities and our nations. We will be doing it your way, God, and we will not be pushing our way, but we will be pushing things your way. Just come and have your way in our midst. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody shout a loud amen. Come on, this time let's scream a loud amen. One more time. Amen. 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 Please be seated. Please be seated. Thank you so much for everybody who turned up early in the morning. At our church here, we are used to 11 a.m. service. We are not used to a 9 a.m. turning up in church. Uh, so 
it is a, a big stretch for so many of us, at least the young people who don't have to send kids to school or who don't have uh, to go to office. I'm sure it may be a challenge for you to be in church on a weekday at 9 a.m. in the morning and, and you guys are still here. Um, and I want to encourage all of you by telling you that you are not here by accident. This is God's plan, God's perfect plan for you to be here. And over these three days, God is going to do something really, really cool with your lives. Amen. Amen. Something that I'm very allergic to is empty chairs right in the front. So please don't mind me doing this over the three days. I'm going to invite people uh, to just come and fill these empty chairs. Sijo, we have a very special seat next to, uh, over here right in the front. Who else? Uh, come, Sijo, you can be here. Partho and Rinke, come, come. You guys are blessed. All the special people are getting special seats. That's amazing. Uh, Pinky, would you like to take uh, the seat next to Anand? Come. Just come. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Just... Um, I greet all of you in Jesus' name. Amen. We have people from Mumbai. I see people from Ambarnath, from uh, 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 pastor friends in Mumbai. In uh, who else? Uh, Chick Balapur? Is it, does the Chick Mangalore? Sorry, Chick Mangalore. We have, we have people from Chick Mangalore. We have people from Mangalore. Uh, we have people from Kenya. Uh, we welcome the three of you. Thank you for coming all the way from Kenya. We have people from Nagpur. Thank you, Pastor Nehemiah, for coming from Nagpur. We have our dear pastors from Orissa. Uh, amazing. Please welcome them. Pastor, which, which place in Orissa are you from? Koraput? Amazing. Come on, church. Let's welcome them from Orissa. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. And then the best city in India right now is Bangalore, right? Come on. Yes. Yes, all you who don't agree, may the Lord give you a reason to agree with all this. But yes, we are, we are right now placed in the revival capital of India. Amen. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and, and we'd like to believe that. We'll welcome all of our pastors from the city who have showed up. Pastor, uh, thank you for coming. All of our church members who are here to serve and to, and to receive and to, uh, you know, let's... Uh, let's do this with the highest excellence possible, okay? So we're going to try and stick to time. As long as God doesn't want to mess it up, we don't want to mess it up either, okay? When God wants to mess it up, we step aside. Is that all right? We have a schedule. We have a very strict, firm schedule. But the moment God is moving, we step aside and we let God take over. But, unless, but if God is pleased with our schedule, we'll let, we'll let uh, uh, our, our conference run by schedule. Amen? Every morning, we start at uh, 9 a.m. Evening, we finish at 6 p.m. We have tea, snacks, and uh, lunch arranged for all of you who are here. I'm going to be your host for these three days. Uh, my name is Priji. For those of you who don't know me, I pastor this church here. And uh, I'm very excited uh, to, to minister to you. Can I teach you something from the Word this morning? Um, I want us to... Can I have my sermon? Where's my sermon? I want, us to, I want us to remember and understand the fact that each and every one of us have a divine destiny that God has planned for us. Do you believe that? There's not a single one in 
over here or out there in the world who doesn't have a destiny. The Bible says it is God's plan, God's desire for all men to be saved. That is his plan. That is his desire. So every single one has a, a, a plan of God. Every single person has a, has a destiny over their life. The problem with so many of us is that we live our lives satisfied with uh, things, mediocre things, things that are not actually our destiny. And in the process, we miss out on the blessings, we miss out on the promises, we miss out on the provisions, we miss out on the, uh, the breakthroughs that would come naturally when we push uh, towards our uh, destiny. We push towards our promises. And these three days, what I'm going to be sharing briefly in the mornings is to try to push you into your destiny and to get you guys to push others into their destiny. Because I assume that this is a leaders conference. I assume that most of you are here because you are leaders or you want to be leader or you want to uh, impact other people as much as you are being impacted. Am I right? So, so my hope and my prayer with these encouragements that I'm going to give you every morning is that you will catch some principles that will get you excited to enter and possess the land that is ahead of you. Okay? See, when you enter and possess the land, it's not just you who get benefited by it, but all the people that are following you, all the people that come under your covering, that come under your grace, that come under your leadership, they get to get in and enjoy the land free of cost. You pay the price, but somebody else gets to get in and enjoy the land. Amen? So this morning, let me begin with an encouragement from Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. Let's read this together. The Bible says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. God is pointing at a man, an ordinary, sinful, broken man. And God says, I have appointed you to lead these people to enter and possess the land. I have appointed you specifically to go and possess this land. And, and what will happen when you possess it is the fact that all the people that you lead, all the people that are following you will eventually enter and possess the land along with you. Now, this morning, let me encourage you. It doesn't matter what kind of influence you have, what kind of leadership position you have. There is definitely something more, something beyond what you already are doing that you need to grow into, that you need to push yourself into. The greatest problem with Christians today is that we get satisfied where we are. We get satisfied with, uh, you know, 10 people in church, or we get satisfied with 10 meetings, or we get satisfied with uh, this uh, 10 miracles, and, and we, we stop pushing further into the greatness that God has planned for us. And today God is saying, hey, I want you to be strong and I want you to be courageous. Can you say this to your neighbor? God wants you to be strong. And God wants you to be courageous. Because the task that is ahead of you is not for somebody who is of faint heart. It's not for somebody who is scared. 
It is not for somebody who is living in fear. The task that is ahead of you is for a bold person. So God is not saying that, okay, try and, you know, not, not show off your fear, try to act nice. No, God is saying, no, this is the primary requirement. Before anything else, the Lord says, I need you to get out of every kind of fear. And it's, it's almost like a commandment that you would see throughout the word. It's not God saying, hey, it will be, let me help you with your fear problems or let me do something about your fear. God says, no, no, just do not fear. That's the commandment, right? It's, it doesn't say try not to fear. It says do not fear. Instead, be strong and be courageous this morning god wants us to be strong and courageous why because he has appointed us to lead some people over into the promised land you know the story you know whose story this is whose story is this come on pastors joshua right what happened to joshua joshua was succeeding you're right, Moses. Moses was this great man of God, pastor, leader, who led these uh, people from Egypt in, and, they are, and he's taking them into, Israel, into Canaan. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Moses couldn't make it all the way there. And then God called Moses home and God said, hey, I'm going to put you in that place. And then Moses had a set strategy. Moses would always send out spies to spy out the land. And Joshua said, wow, if my father does that, then I need to learn that too. And he, he sends his spies out. You know the story, Joshua chapter 2. The Bible says that he sent his spies to, 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 to spy. Keep going, verse 2, chapter 2. Okay. Uh, and what does the Bible say? Then the two spies came down from the hill country, crossed the Jordan River. And what did they do? They reported to Joshua all that had happened to them you remember where these two spies went to these two spies had landed in the house of a prostitute her name was rahab and 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 they made a deal with her saying hey we will save you we will get you out of all the calamity that is coming upon your city just don't report us to the police you know we'll help you don't send an sos message you know and 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 they brought everything that they've heard in that land back to Joshua. They came and reported back to Joshua saying, hey, this is what is happening. And what, is, what do they say? The next verse, it says, the Lord has given us the whole land, they said, for all the people in the land are, are terrified of us. Check this out. This is a natural result of you stopping to be afraid. When you become strong and courageous, automatically your enemies will be terrified. We think that, we think that I will wait for the enemy to be scared and run away and then I can be calm and then I can not panic. And No, that's not how it works. It's the other way. We are waiting for our problems to get settled. We are waiting for our issues to be sorted out so that we can behave uh, you know joyful and happy but let me tell you something that's not how it works in the kingdom of God in the kingdom of God you act by faith the Bible says Joel chapter 3 10 let the weak say 
Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Let, the, let, the, let those that are poor say, I am rich. Let those that are blind say that I can see. I know that it may look like lies on the external, but you have to begin to confess a reality that is not natural, that is not normal, that you can't see yet. And automatically, that will begin to affect your circumstances. And as Joshua started to become strong and courageous, the Bible says that his enemies were terrified because of Joshua. Joshua has not yet done anything. You know, in fact, the natural result should be that they should be happy that Moses has died. Right? See, Joshua has never done a miracle in his life. What, what are they afraid of? They are afraid of the plagues that Moses sent in Egypt. But Moses is dead. Nobody else could do the same things that Moses could do. These guys should naturally stop being afraid of them, right? But why are they afraid? <laughs> Tell me why are they afraid? Because Joshua is refusing to be afraid. Joshua is refusing to bow down. Joshua is saying, I'm going to be strong and I'm going to be courageous in this season for everything that God has planned for me is going to come to pass. Everything that God has planned for me, everything that God has promised over my life, every prophecy I have received over my life, it doesn't matter how many years it takes, it doesn't matter how impossible it looks, it is possible, it is practical. There is nothing impractical in God's, God's kingdom, right? If it is too practical, then it may not be God's idea. It may be your church idea. It may be your idea. It may be your family's uh, financial capacity to do that. But if it is impractical, then probably there is a big chance that that is what God wants to do. God is an expert in doing impossible, powerful, uh, you know, abnormal, above and beyond the normal things. Come on, church. Let's be excited for what God has in store. Amen. The Bible says, then they planned and they said, let's move on. Let's cross to the other side. Okay. And then Joshua is having a conversation with God. And so they planned. They uh, received instructions from God. And what did they do? So the people, they left their camp. Now they're going to cross the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them these guys are not skilled with war see they are doing everything opposite they are not doing the natural way they are doing everything the other way these guys are skilled in handling utensils inside the tabernacle these guys are skilled in worshiping these guys are skilled in ministering to god and the bible says they were the ones to go ahead of them let me tell you the kind of people that God is looking to lead this people into their promised land. If, if you want to enter into the promised land, the Lord says that he is looking for a royal priesthood in this season. People that know how to serve and minister to the Lord. People that know how to carry the ark in the storms of life. People who know how to carry the presence in the, in the good, bad, ugly, worse moments of life. We all know how to carry the presence of God when there is anointed worship happening in church and, and the right chord being played and, you know, when there is uh, anointed pastors and leaders, you know, standing and pushing you to scream and shout and I, nothing wrong with that. But how often are we in, intentional? The word, the key word here is intentional. How often are we intentional at carrying the ark 
when we are faced with the Jordan River. When we are about to step into something that is, you know, too risky. To, to, Jordan River is not uh, an easy river to cross. Jordan River, and, and this is not for one or two people, this is for an entire nation to cross the river. It's not going to be an easy task, but Joshua decided, I am interested in, if I'm interested in seeing this miracle happen, I'm going to have to find a few people that carry the presence of God. They are the ones who's going to go ahead. You know, I, I think most of the times in, in, the, in, in Moses' time, right, you wouldn't see so much importance on the, on the ark going into the battle. In Moses' time, it was all about Moses would keep his hand up, his, uh, his staff up, and, and, and it was more driven by the anointing of one man. But when it came to Joshua, the whole tide shifted. Here, it was not driven by the anointing of one man. It was driven by the hunger and the desire to carry the presence of an entire generation of people. Come on, church. I'm not saying that the anointing of one man is wrong. Uh, we need the anointing. Absolutely, we need that anointing. And God will give specific, special anointing to each and every one of us to, to do specific tasks. That's amazing. That's awesome. But we are going into a season where God is looking for people that are intentional at carrying the ark, that are intentional at carrying the presence. Will you and I be that generation? Will you and I be the generation that is intentional when it doesn't make sense to carry his presence, when, it, when you don't feel like it to carry his presence, when you don't want to, you still carry his presence, when you, when you are you know, about to get fired from your office, that you still run into the presence of God. When you're about to get into a fight with your wife, you immediately get into the presence. When you're about to scream at the guy who is cutting into your lane, you get into the presence, you know. And, and, and you just, you're just intentional at living in the presence, at just carrying the presence. Can can we be that guys? Can we be that group? Can we be that generation of priests, of Levites, of, of set-apart people who are doing nothing else but just carrying the presence, just carrying the ark, just carrying the presence? I am not interested in anything else because when I carry the presence, everything else that I need to do will automatically come through, will automatically happen, will automatically fall into place will automatically be aligned at the right time and in the right season. But in, 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 in this particular season, what God is calling us to as a church is to just become intentional at carrying the ark. Amen? The Bible says it was, can you read it with me? It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Harvest season. Okay, and... Thankfully, during the harvest season, it's impossible to cross the Jordan River. It's not the right time to cross the Jordan River, right? Why? It's overflowing. It's not just, just full, but now it's overflowing its banks. But as soon as the priests who were carrying the ark, I'm going to call this carrying the presence. Is that okay? I'm going to replace the word ark with presence. And it says, as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the presence, they touched, they just touched. 
It's not one man's anointing. You should understand. It's an entire generation stepping in together into their promised land. It, it, it is not even marching. It says they just reached out and they touched. They just stepped in to the water at the, the edge of the water's river. It, they are not even going deep, okay? They are just at the edge. They are just at the edge. They just touched. Man, you have no idea what is possible with you when you just host the presence of God. You have no idea what can naturally happen. What can, what, how your physical capacity can get amplified when you host the presence of God. Man, you know, we, we have, we, our understanding of hosting the presence of God is so limited to just speaking in tongues and, you know, can you imagine, I like how Pastor Hari says this often, he said, you know, if that demon-possessed man, you know, on the other side of the river, you know, that Jesus healed, if he could carry 6,000 demons in him, okay, and the, the, the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. If he can carry 6,000 demons that are trying to kill, steal, and destroy him, 6,000 demons, okay, that are hurting him, how much more can you and I host the presence of God? Which is here to give us life and life in abundance. Do you know the capacity of your spirit is tremendous? We limited by saying, oh, I, I spoke in tongues for 10 minutes today. I read 10 verses of the Bible. I think God is so pleased with me today and everything is going to be all right. All my problems are going to wash away. I mean, just... Let's, let's just elevate our standard of living and our standard of thinking and our standard of carrying and hosting His presence where we say, God, we are not going to be satisfied with anything less, anything less than biblical standards. Biblical standards were not, uh, you know, once in a while. It was 100 out of 100 times results. Biblical standards were not, okay, out of the 10 people, one person got healed. It says all were healed and all were touched and all were saved and all were rescued and all passed onto the other side of the river absolutely all right do you want to know what happens when the feet touched give me the next verse elena it says the water above that point began backing up just when their feet touched the bible says the water above that point began backing up a great distance away the actual geographic location is mentioned in your bible i've not put that text it says it just started backing up a great distance away and the water below that point flowed on to the dead sea until the river bed was dry so there were two kind of enemies the enemies that were coming and the enemies that were already here okay the enemy that was already here went into the dead sea you know, it just flowed down. It didn't stay here. They couldn't stand the feet of these people that are carrying the presence of God. And the enemies that are coming, they just backed up. They said, oh, wait, we can't go near. There is a boundary line that God has marked around a man or a woman of God who is interested, who is intentional at carrying and hosting the presence of God. That is saying, I am not going to take my walk with God for granted. I'm not going to take, I, I'm okay if, if I mess up my sermon preparation. 
it's okay if I mess up my worship practice. It's okay if I mess up my voice. It's okay if I mess up my dressing sense. But there's one thing that I cannot mess up. And that is my intentionality at hosting the presence. Can we just make that a deal of our lives that, you know, I, I, you know, I, I like the fact that we, you know, I'm sure all of us have a discipline of prayer every day. Um, but can I... Uh, if you don't, please start that today, okay? Don't, don't wait for something, uh, some great revival to come and then start praying. Start today, you know, make a discipline. But let's go a little beyond that, okay? It is not just about praying once a day. Can you just, can you, the Bible says pray without ceasing. The, which means every hour I need you, God. Every hour, every minute, every second. Can you set apart like a few minutes every hour to just seek the Lord. Just every hour. You know, I'm not saying that you have to, you know, in the middle of your work, you leave everything. No, just a couple of minutes. Just, just exclusive access to God and hosting His presence. Just wait and watch what that will do to your enemies. What that will do to the waters that are trying to wash over you. The waters that are trying to sweep you away. The waters that are trying to stop you from entering into your promised land. The waters that are trying to stop you from seeing and experiencing and tasting your destiny. What that will do. Just regular hosting the presence of God. There is no super uh, profound keys here. The basic thing is if we are intentional first at being strong and courageous, the second at just being in that place where we host His presence every day, every minute, every hour, every second, just, just inching close. One minute, can we just quickly withdraw and just quickly pray? Is that okay? We'll continue the sermon, but just one minute, quickly host the presence of God in your own way. If you'd like to sing, sing. If you'd like to pray, pray. If you'd like to just let the Word speak to you, just let it let it happen. If you'd like to just, just uh, speak in tongues, you can do that. Quickly. Break your hearts before God. Come on. Break your hearts before God. Just say, Lord, today I want every attack of the enemy that I'm facing in my life, that I'm facing in my church, in my ministry, to run dry in the mighty name of Jesus. Today I want every attack of the enemy that is being positioned to come at me, to back out. Even those that are watching us online from wherever you are. Just begin to host the presence of God for the next couple of minutes. Just say, Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you. More and more, more and more, more and more. Jesus. I need you, I need you, I need you. Come on, for one more minute, one more minute. Just push in. Just press on. Just say, Lord, I cannot do without you. I cannot do this next three days without your presence. 
I want to stay in your presence in this season. I want to stay in your presence, God. I want to stay at your feet, oh God. Because I want you, Lord. I want you, Lord. I want you. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need to me when we can be dependent on God like that not just on a on a problem to problem basis but every season of our life you know the Old Testament people they did not have the privilege of carrying the presence of God all the time but in the New Testament the Bible says anytime you can just walk in with boldness you can just come into the presence of Jesus and access his presence access the holy of holies access the core of his heart access everything that he has prepared for us we can just learn to do that on a consistent basis can you imagine what will happen to the Jordan rivers that is standing in the way of you trying to enter into the promised land what will happen they'll just back off the Bible says, then all the people, they stood over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. Guess what's happening? These guys are standing in the gap. Who is standing? The priests who are carrying the presence of God. They are carrying in the gap between the problem and the people. The river is behind, you know, it's very scary to stand next to a, a wall of river, a wall of water. You understand what I'm saying? 
I don't want to go into the explanation of it because of lack of time, but please understand, these guys are now interceding on the behalf of all this, this generation of people who don't understand the concept of hosting the presence of God, who don't have the capacity, who don't yet have their eyes opened to host the presence of God. They are standing in the gap. Why? So that they can enter into their promised land. So that they can enter into their destiny. So that they can enter into what God has prepared and planned for them. That's who you and I are. We stand in the gap to see to it that everybody that God has assigned to us and we are not a one-man thing, it's a generation of Levites that are standing in the way and, and, and we are saying, Lord, let them pass by. I will stand in the gap. I will carry the presence and I will stand in the gap as they pass by. Amen. Bible says in 4 verse 14, that day the Lord made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. See, it doesn't say that God made Joshua a great leader. What does it say? God made Joshua a great leader in the eyes of the people. So it is not the works of Joshua that made him a great leader. Do you understand what I'm saying? He was already great, but in the eyes of people, he became great because of this one thing your significance doesn't necessarily your praise your support your the claps and the applause that you get doesn't necessarily you know equate with how important you are there may be seasons in your life when god will make you look great in the eyes of people and there will be other seasons in your life when people may not necessarily call you great may not necessarily celebrate you may not necessarily you know sing songs about you but that's absolutely all right amen because in the right time in the right season see joshua lived in hiding for the uh, i think for the first more than 40 years if he was in the wilderness for 40 years i'm sure that he was at least like 20 or 30 when he left from from Canaan, from egypt right and and so he's in his 70s or 80s now when he's finally getting some recognition so don't be dismayed or discouraged because people don't celebrate you when you're doing the right things there is a season appointed when god will elevate you when god will promote you the right time the bible says joshua became a great leader and it says when all the amorite and the canaanite kings heard what the lord had how the lord had dried up jordan river it says so the people of Israel could cross. It says they lost heart and were paralyzed with fear because of them. They were already, you know, terrified, but now they were paralyzed with fear. They can't move anymore. Now, when somebody is paralyzed with fear, is the time when you take and attack that, right? Come on, in the natural realm, when somebody, when you know that this is their weakness, that this guy doesn't know how to play short ball, that is exactly what you will throw at him, right? And you exploit the enemy's weakness. And naturally speaking, you and I would think that, wow, God paralyzed them with fear so that Joshua could enter and, and capture the entire territory, right? That's not what God did. Let me read the next verse for you. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 2. It's crazy. It says, at that time, the Lord told Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise this second generation of Israelites. Ouch. Guess what is happening here? 
this group of people had not been circumcised yet so god said hey you guys are enjoying the victory that you got after crossing the jordan river you guys are very happy on your own but now it's necessary that i disconnect you from your flesh i disconnect you from your reliance on yourself i disconnect you you know you know these guys uh, are putting themselves in a very vulnerable position see you know the story of how jacob's sons entered into shechem and destroyed the entire city come on do you know the story okay if you don't know the story i'll tell you the story dina was one of the son, daughters of one the only daughter of jacob who got abused in shechem and when the brothers got to know about this they entered two brothers simon and levi right they entered into shechem and and they made a pact a treaty with them saying hey can you guys get circumcised then we will give you our sister and after the circumcision happened these guys got in and destroyed everybody why because that is a phase when you're hurting and you can't really fight for yourself and although this was a city full of men two guys took down the entire city just simon and levi could kill everybody that's how weak circumcision can make you now let me bring you here see it's one thing if god would have told them to get circumcised on the before crossing the river right on the other side of the river but because these guys may not be able to cross the with their armies and come but right now god has put them right in front of the enemy's gate god has said okay now get circumcised ouch god too late i'm just making god is just making us vulnerable in that place where god says hey it is not by mind it, no, it is not by your power but it is by my spirit that is that i'm going to give you victory and that is why in this season i'm telling you this in this season god is going to disconnect you from some of your strengths is that okay some of your natural talents and abilities i'm not saying god cannot reuse it at a, a later stage like god gave isaac back to abraham god god can resurrect your you know talents for his glory in the same way that paul gave away it says all his learning and 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 studying he counted it as garbage and gave it away but at a later stage god used that same knowledge of the old testament to write profound epistles 13 or 14 epistles in the new testament god used that knowledge when he was willing to count it as garbage when he was willing to give it up so this morning i'm, I'm going to ask you this are you are you willing to come to a place where we have where you let the lord circumcise us cut off cut off all of our reliance on flesh yes that will make it make us vulnerable that will make us look like we don't know how to preach that will make us look like we don't know how to sing that will make us look like you don't don't know how to dress you don't know how to do relationships right that may make you look stupid because you're standing right in front of the enemy and you're going to be left open to the attacks of the enemy because you're you're not at your very best but the lord is inviting us into that place so can i just rewind everything that i shared to just encourage you this morning again i'm not preaching to you i'm just trying to encourage you so that you can be prepared to enter and possess the land that is ahead of us amen was the first thing that i told you be strong and courageous because your 
fear is what gives enemy access, in, access into your life and your lack of fear is what terrifies the enemy. Amen? What's the next thing that we learned? Sorry? Carrying his presence, hosting his presence, intentionally hosting his presence in every seasons of life. Even when you don't have problems, even when you don't have challenges to host his presence. The third thing that I shared was that we don't need to derive significance out of the, the external achievements that we get. We have to be willing to, you know, say, in his time, he will lift me up. In his time, he will make it all right. In his time, he will perfect everything. I'm just going to yield to him in this season. And what's the last thing that we learned? This morning, God wants us to circumcise our flesh. Can we close our eyes? I'll quickly pray for you. Every person, just ask the Lord to show you what is that one area of your life where you're relying too much on yourself. What is the one area of your life where you're relying on, on your own wisdom or trusting in your own understanding? Is it in your marriage? Is it in your relationships? Is it in your finances? Is it in, is it in your uh, ministry? Is it in your mentorship to your mentees? Which area of your life are you relying too much on yourself? Is it your skills, abilities, talents? What area are you relying on yourself? Because the Lord is doing His work of circumcising you. The Lord is doing His work of disconnecting you from your natural strengths so that He can have His supernatural strengths and His wisdom and His courage and His awesomeness manifest through you. Father, I just pray and I commit us every prayer that your children are praying this morning. I just, I just commit that into your mighty hands and, and we thank you, Lord, for the rest of the day as we seek and soak in your presence, Lord, that you will bring everything that you have planned for us, everything that you are baking for us in the oven of heaven. You would release it into our hearts. You would release it into our lives, Lord. You would do something profound. You would do something new and cause us to fall afresh in love with you over these three days. If we don't learn anything else, if we don't do anything else, Lord, if we don't get anything else, if we can just fall in love with you, if we can just host your presence in a deeper measure over the next three days that we get intentional at hosting your presence, Lord, we'd go back happy, we'd go back content, Lord. So, so cause our hearts to remain open and receptive today. We love you. We give you praise. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said a loud amen. amen. Come on, everybody scream a loud amen. 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 Are you excited to be in uh, Revival Remarch 2019?